Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. So before we get started with this week's episode, we have a special message from Steve Chapman about our upcoming event for dads, Base Camp. Hey, thanks, Becky, so much. And yeah, Dad, Steve Chapman here. And uh, we are just uh, a few days away from our annual retreat for dads called Base Camp, October 21st through the 23rd. And I just wanted to let you know that it is not too late to join us. Just go to uh, risingaboveministries.org and click on the events section on our website. And you can find all the information of how you can sign up and register. We would love to have you with us. It's going to be beautiful here in Middle Tennessee in October. We've got a lot of great activities planned. But one of the big things we want you to do is just, you know, step out, push pause, step out of sometimes the craziness of being a special needs parent and join us for a season of rest. There's gonna be plenty of opportunity just to rest. Our, our schedule is loose and open, and uh, it's gonna be a great time just to come away and connect with other dads who are in the trenches, other dads who get it, who get the special needs life. Uh, we're gonna have great food, some, here's some, uh, some really encouraging, inspiring talks, and uh, just have a great time together. So please come and join us. Uh, for our base camp, uh, sponsored by Rising Above Ministries. Go to our website, check out the details. Hope to see you there in a few days. Thanks so much, Steve. My guest today is Catherine Boyle, and she currently serves as the Mental Health Ministry Director for Key Ministry. Catherine has been impacted by mental health issues her entire life, including her own struggles with eating disorders, social anxiety, and depression as well as mental health, autism, and other struggles in her family and friends. We had a raw and real conversation about the impact of mental health issues, and I encourage you to check out all of the resources that Key Ministry has available on their website. So here's the conversation I had with Catherine Boyle. Hey, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Becky. I'm delighted to be here. I am excited to have this conversation because it is a topic that needs to be looked at. It's a topic that we need to talk about. And so often uh, people want to shy away from the topic of mental health. And so I'm so glad that you are willing to come and be vulnerable and real and raw and just share part of your journey with us and just walk us through um kind of some of the things that you have experienced in your life. So for those people who don't know you, I actually, I've known you for a while now through Key Ministry and and through met with you before several times. And so I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you. But so just share a little bit about you and what you do and uh, whatever you want us to know about Catherine Boyle. Okay. Well, yes, I'm Catherine Boyle, and I've had the privilege of serving as Mental Health Ministry Director for Key Ministry for a little over four years now. Um, For the last, um, I guess, about three years, I've also been our social media manager and blog editor, but I'm actually in the process of stepping away from those roles. Um, But that's exciting because there's a lot of initiatives that we have underway that fall under the mental health ministry umbrella that I'm really excited about. I mean, I actually talked with Becky about one of those a little bit recently um, but, uh, you know, I guess people want to know, well, how did you get into that role? You know, were you mm-hmm. a therapist? Were you a counselor? And I, I was none of those things. In fact, um, I always kind of, um, 
I think it's just kind of ironic and it's just like God to do things like this. You know, my, my um, college degrees are in business. You know, mm, I was an accounting yeah. major, yeah. <laughs> you know, I worked in banking for a right. really long time and, um, you know, just nothing anywhere close to ministry really. But I just always had this, this tug in my heart towards ministry. And I really had no idea what to do with it. Um, but when I became a stay-at-home mom with my little kids. He started, God started opening these doors for me to, you know, serve in in pretty significant ways in my church as a ministry leader. And that just led to one thing after another. And so um, fast forward a few years, I I served as um, the uh, chief operating officer for a startup eating disorder ministry, working with women in the Richmond, Virginia area where I live. And I did that for several years and then uh, in, I guess it was in late 2015, I actually started my own 501c3 mental health ministry. And that ultimately led me to getting connected with Key Ministry and, and Dr. Steve Gersovich, our president and founder. And um, so, you know, after getting connected with him, he asked me to come on board um, at the end of 2017. So, um, yeah, it's really been, it's really been quite um, an interesting journey that, that God has taken me on personally yeah. to get me into this role. And I think it just really proves that, um, you know, that all of life has purpose in mm-hmm. God's economy and that, you know, he absolutely plants those desires in our hearts that, um, that maybe we won't see them fulfilled until a later time yeah. when, you know, the time is right in his eyes. Yeah. Well, you, so do you have a personal journey? You, know, you you work a lot with mental health. So has this been part of your story and part of your journey? Yes, yes, absolutely. And and um, and I, I kind of joke that, you know, nobody really steps into the kind of work that, that you and I do unless there is a personal connection. Right. Because, I mean, that's where the passion comes from is when it is, you know, something that's personal. But, um, you know, I've been impacted by mental health issues really off and on my entire life. And, mm. Um, when I was in my late teens, I, um, it was time for me to go away to college and, um, financially my family wasn't in a position to be able to send me away for all four years. And I'm the oldest. And so, you know, my parents had to rightly think about, you know, getting all of their kids educated. And, um, but it was just really, it was just very devastating for me because I, I had, um, worked really hard for, you know, saving my own money, you know, had a job for a long time and, and it, you know, it was just not what I expected to happen. And, um, and pretty quickly, you know, after that happened, I became anorexic, you know, mm-hmm. I put on a little bit of weight in high school and, you know, I, I've never been a heavy person, but it was, um, it was just, I, I don't even know how to describe how I slid into it, but, you know, it began with wanting to lose just a little bit of weight. And within about six weeks, you know, pretty much everything in my life was focused on getting that number on the scale smaller. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, you know, that was my reality for a couple of years. And then a couple of years more, um, I was bulimic. So all through college, mm-hmm. I struggled with an eating disorder. Yeah. And then when I got out of college, the behaviors, you know, I, I was able to kind of set them aside. And I don't really know why at that time, but it really wasn't until four or five years later that um, I came back to Christ with all I was for the first time um, as an adult. And, um, and he just really, he did what he promises to in Romans 12, one and two, he says, you know, that he will transform us by renewing our minds. 
when we put him in the center. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was really a dramatic change in the way that I looked at myself. And I even recognized it kind of as I was going along. Um, but, you know, like, I don't know, six or eight months after I, I really began just, you know, like I couldn't wait to get home from work so I could do Bible study. And, mm. you know, I joined a church and it, there were just so many things that he did in that time that were just really kind of out of left field mm-hmm. for me. But, yeah. um, but, you know, I realized, you know, after that six or eight months had gone by that, um, that I wasn't looking at myself the way I used to, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't flinch when I walked by the mirror, you know, out of yeah. fear that I didn't look just so or whatever. Right. So, um, and it's just been, you know, steady, you know, not always like <laughs> every day, but, you know, just a, a deeper, richer relationship with him over time, all these years later. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Um, I also have a, a child who is an adult uh, with high functioning autism, and that was not diagnosed until um, this child was an adult. And it wasn't for lack of trying, I like, you know, I like to say, um, but we actually had either 14 or 15 different medical people in this child's life mm-hmm. that at any point could have connected some of the dots that I was describing and, and you know, said, hey, have you considered that, you know, this could be a thing? And, and I know that's a hard conversation, um, but nobody had that conversation mm-hmm. with me. And ultimately, yeah. I was the one who pursued getting that kind of testing and getting the diagnosis. But, you know, as, as I have told this child, you know, the truth is what sets you free. The mm-hmm. truth is what gets you to the resources that you need, yeah. um, you know, to support whatever issue you have going on. I mean, you know, none of us is without some kind of issue and all yeah. of us need support in some kind of way. And, um, you know, without that diagnosis, I, I don't know what would have, you know, mm-hmm. happened these past few years yeah. um, without that. So, so I'm grateful for the truth, yeah, the you truth. know, as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes it's, we need to look at like, what does, when we say mental illness, when we say mental health, you know, people who struggle with mental health issues, what are we even talking about? Like, what are, what are some of the things that would fall into that when we say those words? What are we looking at? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, not everybody's going to have anorexia or bulimia, thankfully. Right. But boy, I, I think all of us have felt anxiety at some time. Yes. Right and here. For some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for, and it can be, it can be crippling. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I'm not the diagnostician like Steve is, Gersovich, but, mm-hmm. um, but I do know that, you know, a clinical diagnosis of anxiety or depression comes after, um, you know, a minimum of two weeks of, um, elevated intensity and duration mm-hmm. of the symptoms. And so, you know, basically the criteria when you're talking about any kind of mental health condition is, does it interfere with your normal functioning in life, mm-hmm. whether that's at your job or in your home or when you go to church? Um, yeah. Because, you know, all those different environments um, can, you know, a, a condition like even anxiety can have a very negative impact on your behavior and your experience in those environments mm-hmm. and with those in, with those other people. Totally. And, and I think, you know, for so many of our families, especially special needs parents, uh, the anxiety kind of comes hand in hand a lot of times with what we deal with, you know, with all the stresses, Most definitely. especially those who have medically fragile children or children who have, you know, 
meltdowns when you're you you're just always on edge waiting for the next shoe to drop. Right. I know that's my yeah, you know, that's been my story. I, you know, I've just recently started the journey this end of this past year of of seeking counseling, of seeking getting, you know, the help that I need for my anxiety and the things that I was dealing with, the PTSD, mm-hmm. all those things that I was had, you know, was dealing with. And um, you know, so it's freeing when you when you can that truth when you or when you're able to look at it and and then go okay this is the reality right but there's help and there's things I can do so in your role at Key Ministry as as the mental health director what do you, what does that look like what do you do how do you come alongside families and churches to help them well um, most of our resources are provided to churches because they're the ones who are working one on one with the families that are in their church family or in their community. Um, but we provide education and resources, um, just some examples of things that uh, we ha- have done in the past and things that we're doing now. Um, in the past, we created a series of training videos to help churches kind of equip their volunteers and their ministry leaders to understand, um, you know, some of the common struggles that people, you know, using the anxiety example mm-hmm. again, you know, some of the common struggles that a person with with significant anxiety might feel in, you know, coming to church for a first time or, mm-hmm. or being a regular participant in church. Yeah, I mean, an example that um, that I've used several times in presentations this year is, you know, if you've got somebody who has significant social anxiety, where it's really hard for them to even take that first step into a church building, well, gosh, I mean, what can you do to make that an easier thing for them? Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you have somebody who's designated on your team who, you know, it, it says on your website that this person will meet with people midweek so that they can come see the church when there's not, you know, hundreds of people there? Mm-hmm. That can go a long way towards raising the comfort level of somebody who might really struggle when there's a lot of new people and, and just the unfamiliar um, situation that people with anxiety typically dread. Um, you know, uh, I don't know how it is at your church, Becky, but at my church, we have friendly greeters, mm-hmm. um, but particularly people who, you know, who have just a lot of anxiety, just staying with that example, you know, they may not want to have the bear hug and be greeted, (laughs) just greeted so enthusiastically. So, you know, can you create an entry that doesn't have a greeter, you know, Mm -hmm. or an entry that has somebody who will just hold the door and be friendly, but not just, you know, like, you know, an extrovert on steroids. So, Um, you know, there's just little things that that don't require a big budget mm-hmm. or a program, but it just really requires a little bit of a shift in thinking yeah. to kind of understand what somebody else's life is like and and come alongside them in a way that lets them know that they're they are absolutely welcome yeah. and they belong, yeah. you know, just as just as they are with their struggles. Well, and, you know, we see that so often, like with um, special needs ministries are now becoming kind of the norm for a lot of churches. Yes, and, yes. But the mental health side of it, this is kind of new to churches and being yes. being able to look at that. But again, it kind of goes back to the awareness of letting people be aware that they're, you know, if, if you are an extrovert and you are you know, like, it's no big deal for you to go into a new setting, a new situation you, it's hard for you to grasp what it yes. might feel like for someone who doesn't experience that. I mean, like for me, as a widow going into church, 
that has been one of the hardest things for me since the mm-hmm. loss of my husband. I, I, um, I believe that. You know, like we used to go together. That's right. where his funeral was. That, right. you know, I'm used to, you know, I would see him sitting there beside me. And then I'm going into this room of hundreds and hundreds of people by myself. Right. You know, and so again, it's just like being aware there, not everybody is coming in there in a peaceful state or in a, exactly. you know, and so being, being aware that people are coming in with different stories, different backgrounds, and then how we can come alongside them. You just made me think about it. I mean, like, it's just, this is, this is something, honestly, that I would have never given a second thought. Um, I would never, like, especially before John Alex even thought about a special needs ministry, that's a right. disability ministry that would never have been on my radar. Um, but it's so important. And there's so many ways, there's so many people now who are struggling with, with these issues um, that we need to, we need to be aware of and lovingly right. come alongside and help them. So I love that thought about like having an entrance without someone, you know, an extra hug or their extra group, yes. you know, yes. what are some other things you've seen ways that churches have come alongside and uh, really been able to help different people who are struggling in this area? Well, you know, our ministry is largely focused on um, kids, uh, but, you know, kids grow up. So really a lot of the things that we talk about absolutely have application to adults. But, you know, a tool that we've developed this year is um, we we often get a question posed to us that starts, there's this kid, Mm. you know, that is just, you know, is presenting a problem in ministry, which is unfortunate that it's positioned that way, but that's just reality. And so we've created um, the first in what we are planning to be a series of just downloadable information sheets um, that are focused on different mental health conditions. And so we started with the first one, there's this kid with ADHD. Now, Mm -hmm. if if your listeners don't know, you know, a, a lot of what we do is focus on so-called hidden disabilities, right. which are things that, you know, it, maybe it's not the child who's in the wheelchair, mm-hmm. but as we like to say, behavior is communication and yes. everybody can see the behavior, mm-hmm. even, even if there isn't an official diagnosis. And so, you know, maybe there is a child in your, you know, late elementary age that just has a ridiculously hard time sitting still in mm-hmm. class or, um, you know, asks 10 times during your Sunday school lesson or VBS or whatever it is, you know, when it's time to go. Well, you know, there are simple things that you can do uh, that can that can really help not only that child, but can also help manage the behavior and expectations of the other children as mm-hmm. well. And so um, just continuing with that little example, we have this, this sheet that, that talks about, you know, just some things that you might expect to see kind of in a story format. Mm. And then um, just some, some facts that are known about, you know, ADHD in this example, you know, what's going on inside that child's brain at the time when they're acting out like that. And then, you know, just some, you know, some structure, some support, some scaffolding, whatever you want to call it, that can really be helpful for that child to thrive in Mm -hmm. your environment. Because the goal of what we do, you know, it's not, it's not about, um, you know, it's not about any one particular kid or diagnosis, but it's so that all children and all adults ultimately have a chance to know the person of Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, have a chance to, you know, hear the gospel and be discipled. And, you know, it, sometimes it, all it takes is just a little bit of creative ingenuity with, uh, you know, with in, in the form of some of the work that we do that 
can make all the difference in that child, you know, understanding that he or she belongs Mm -hmm. in that church environment and therefore more receptive to that gospel message. Um, And then we know the gospel can totally change their, Mm -hmm. his or her life. And and unfortunately there's such stigma around that, you know, the, 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 when we say mental health or a lot of times people, it's, sounds, you know, we just kind of shun away from that. And so mm-hmm. how how can we knock those walls down and how can we um, help eliminate the shame that some people may feel? You know, I don't know what your, how it felt for you in your journey with, I know that I felt shame, so much shame because of my anxiety mm-hmm. when, you know, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I right. should not be anxious. The Bible tells me not to be anxious. I mean, right. I was doing all the things I knew I needed to do. Right. Right. Um, scripturally, you know, yep. to, to, to help knock that down, but I was still really struggling with my anxiety and I had, I put shame on myself. I had other people right. who put shame on me yep. because of that until, you know, and then when I went and started seeking help for that, my therapist explained to me why I wasn't able to get relief. And now, now I'm doing, you know, so much better mm-hmm. than I was through therapy with her and, and, and you know, continuing to do the scripture and the prayer and the things that I right. know that I need to do. Right. Um, but what can we do to knock out some of that shame and some of the stigma that comes along with when we're looking at it, mental health issues? Well, a couple of things come to mind immediately. Um, number one is I think a, a lot of times, um, you know, for an individual who's struggling, such as yourself, you know, such as I have struggled in the past, or, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, your, your ministry leadership team wanting to understand this, the best place to start is really with facts about you know what is known about mental health issues and um, and and the reality is that at any one time either one in four or one in five people in this country have a diagnosed mental health condition. Mm. So that's not just one in four to one in five people outside of churches. That's one in four to one in five people everywhere you go. Right. So I mean, like I've been part of presentations before where people are, you know, you count off one, one through four, and then all the ones are asked to stand up or, you know, move forward. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's staggering when you realize how many people it is Mm -hmm. that are, are dealing with something. So, you know, that helps people understand that it is a normal part of life. Uh, And, you know, another thing that I have done now, I, you know, (laughs) I've been in and around church most of my life and, um, I don't read the Bible in the same tone that I did mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I read it with, you know, I, I guess, you know, that voice that you kind of hear it in your head and when you're reading it, you know, I don't read it anymore with God saying, you know, thou shalt not, right. but, but it's with a compassionate voice. Mm-hmm. It's like, cast your cares on him because mm-hmm. he cares for mm-hmm. you. You know, yeah. what a difference that makes yeah. when you take it from, the perspective that, yeah, he came and took flesh on so he would know mm-hmm. exactly what it felt like. Yeah. And he knows it's hard. Yeah. And so um, I just, I see the Bible is just full of compassion now. And if God can have compassion for us, then we need to find a way to have compassion for one another. Mm-hmm. And I know that's easier said than done, yeah. you know, particularly when there's hurt and damaged relationships and, but you know, it, it is just, um, you know, there there is so much compassion and grace. There's it, Compassion and grace can go such a long way 
towards eliminating Mm -hmm. stigma, uh, coupled with just a few basic facts Mm -hmm. about what's going on with mental health issues. And, you know, I would also say that our culture has really grabbed hold of the fact that that mental health issues are real and that they're part of life. And, you know, this is not some sort of, um, to participate in some sort of victim Olympics, but, but, you know, uh, I mean, I, (laughs) I had a serious mental illness. I really needed a lot of help when I had my eating disorder and, you know, God was just very gracious to me and allowed me to get through that without, you know, some of the help that would have, been huge. But I mean, would I have preferred in hindsight to have the help and to shorten that path? Absolutely. And so, I mean, personally, you know, that's part, a huge part of what I do or why I do what I do, because Mm -hmm. on average, it takes five to seven years for most people from the onset of mental health symptoms until they actually get the right care and treatment. Mm -hmm. So, and that can be like in your case, you know, getting some therapy Mm -hmm. that will help or you know, for some people, it means medication. Um, But if I can shorten that path for others, then I consider what I'm doing to be impactful Mm -hmm. and a success. Yeah. And that, and that's really what um, I hope that, you know, your listeners who come to the key ministry website and see the resources that we have and, and, you know, and look into them and use them for your church or, you know, just for your own edification, dealing with other people, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, having that, you know, shorten that path to the right kind of supports is is a win from my perspective. Yeah. And it's so often it's hard to um, be willing to to reach out and get the help that you need, you know, to mm-hmm. be willing to take that step. I know for me, I was, I mean, honestly, if I looked, I was like, I was afraid. I was afraid to um, call that counselor, that therapist and right. make that appointment. Um, but it has been life-changing for me you know, mm-hmm. and doing all the things I know I need to do to do that. But mm-hmm. So what was it for you? What was the catalyst for you? What was the turning point for you? Like I, I, for me, I had a panic attack and I was like, okay, I got to, I got to do something about this now because this is, <laughs> it's time to go get some help for this. So mm-hmm. when you were looking at your journey, what was that process like for you? Did you get to this, just a place of going, okay, I've had enough mm-hmm. and I'm going to get help or, or what, how did that, what did that look like for you? Well, my journey has kind of been in a couple of discrete chunks. So, you know, I mentioned the eating disorder and going through my twenties, just, you know, believe in the lies that our culture tells people are, you know, the pathway to happiness and success. And, um, and I, I got to a place where I was really at the end of myself with, with that. And, um, you know, kind of a, kind of an actually uh, dramatic uh, evening when I was um, visiting a, a friend in another state. Um, you know, it was a, a friend, it was a, a young man that I had gone to high school with, and I was, you know, kind of interested in pursuing a romantic relationship, and it wasn't going the way that I had thought it was going to go, but I'm pretty sure it was going exactly the way God intended it to go. Mm, yeah. Thank goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. I found myself alone, like not making this up at midnight in a swimming pool, sobbing my eyes out um, in the middle of this state, you know, far away from where I lived. And I just, you know, it was kind of from there that, you know, I I made my way back to relationship with God and, and surrender. And it was, it was difficult. I mean, I used to, 
I used to go speak to women's groups and I would say, you know, I was like the Titanic turning around. Mm. And I really think that part of it was because I had grown up in church and I'd read the Bible. Um, but, you know, if you are a person who who has a little bit of knowledge, it is so easy to think you know everything mm-hmm. and you can outsmart the system and you can't. Yeah. And, you know, I had to get to the place where I was willing to admit that I hadn't outsmarted God for a second. And I mean, it really wasn't until after that, that he began to use me in any sort of any way, Mm -hmm. really. Um, And then, then when our kids were little, um, you know, I mentioned that my child wasn't diagnosed until this child was an adult. And so you can imagine, you know, behaviors, communication, there were a lot of behaviors that, were just chalked up to bad parenting or thinking that this child was just lazy and stupid Mm -hmm. when we knew that this child was quite bright. And uh, I mean, we did, we did so many things, Becky, to try to help with, with education. And, 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 and so I knew after I left the eating disorder ministry that I would not be done with ministry. Mm-hmm. and But there was a season in between that and when I started the 501c3 mental health ministry where I worked in a corporate job for a couple of years. I knew about six weeks in that, you know, this was kind of a, you know, it, it was a, a temporary assignment, if you will, until mm-hmm. God brought me back into ministry and and he confirmed it in so many ways. And, and we actually had like a pretty awful crisis uh, from my perspective in my family right around the time that my child graduated from high school. And um, anyway, and I, but I knew that that was all part of God's call Mm -hmm. that I had to leave my job and I had to do mental health ministry full-time, whatever that meant. And so, um, so I've been doing that ever since. And um, you know, there, there've been definitely some bumps in the road with that, but um, but God has just had his fingerprints all over so many things. And, and I'll just tell you one little kind of funny, uh, you know, it, it's not like anything huge, but but it's just the way God works with me. So, you know, I, I was, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wordy girl. So I have always, pers- you know, considered myself a writer. I didn't used to think of the writing and speaking thing kind of going hand in hand, but they do. And so uh, in my banking career, one of the last projects I worked on was a key account. And I was, you know, I was in um, like strategic marketing area and, you know, it was one of my last projects. And so worked on the key account. Well, then fast forward a few years and I know everybody won't be able to see this, but I go by a keyword Hebrew Greek study Bible. And then fast forward a few more years and I get hired by key ministry. ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there've been a lot of little keys in my mm-hmm. life and, you know, this is just one of the things that God has done with me kind of is like markers or to get my attention mm-hmm. that yeah. I'm at the right place. Yeah. And um, it's, it's been really amazing the yeah. things that he has let us, you know, he's let me see as a person and then, you know, also to, to weave into this ministry work. I mean, there's really nothing like it when you see him do that. Well, and, and, you know, you had the issues that you had, but that did not keep you from doing what he called you to do. It actually enhanced your ability to do what he called you to do. So have you seen that play out in other people's lives that their actual, their mental illness has actually been an equipping part of calling them 
to do whatever it is that God has called them to do. I've been part of their story. One of my favorite stories, actually, for the last couple of years has to do with this lady named Linda, who has written some guest blog articles for us. And she's really an amazing person. She was, she was, uh, she has autism, high-functioning autism, and she has bipolar disorder. And, you know, you might think that that precludes her from being able to, to do ministry in, in the way you think of as doing ministry, whether it's in a church or on the mission field or whatever, but exactly the opposite is what has played out in her life. And so she has served as a missionary to some pretty dark places, in uh, primarily in, in Central and Eastern Europe, um, where there's just very little support for children that are born with these kinds of issues. And so her story has given her access to be able to speak in front of doctors and organizations that are providing services for families and creating new ministries. I mean, it's really incredible the way that God has Mm -hmm. used her exactly the way that he made her to be. And I mean, I just think that that is just such a a beautiful demonstration of the purposefulness Mm -hmm. of God and that nobody is an accident Mm -hmm. when, you know, we place our lives in his hands. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, you know, one of the things that you all do at Key Ministries, you have a podcast that you all do that you have different topics. And obviously the areas that you speak into are the mental health issues. And and so I listened to one of your, I think it's probably your first one that you did in this new series that you all have started. Um, But it was on, lamenting and the power of lament. And, you know, I, I got to be honest, I am just now learning the importance of this. I really didn't know much about it. I really, you know, my attitude was almost has always been like, come on, this, everything's great. I've always been kind of uh, see, seeing the the sunshine and roses and all things. And, right. but I've been so through some really hard things that, yes, that yeah. honestly, I'm just now starting to deal with, you know, in, right. in, with the loss of my husband and, you know, all of those things. And so I'm just now starting to understand the importance mm-hmm. of lament. And so can you tell us a little bit, like, what is, what is lament? What does it mean to lament? And what's the difference between lamenting and complaining? Because I think so often we think, well, I can't complain. I don't need, you know, the Bible tells me not to complain. Right. So I don't want to complain about this, but it's, they're two, it's two different things. So right. share a little bit about some of the things that you shared in that episode about the power of lament. Okay. Well, you know, this is not a new concept to me. And really the reason I decided to do that, well, number one, I, you know, I prayed about it, but we went to a conference earlier this year that was not a, um, a disability or a, a, a mental health kind of conference, but it was, it was a, you know, it was a conference uh, geared towards children's pastors and lots of people there. And one of the things that they had, you know, as, as one of the things that was a message delivered in the main stage presentations was focused on lament and I thought that that was really insightful of their their ministry team mm-hmm. because because pastors always carry a lot of grief. I mean, it's just yeah. it just comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And I guess if I had to to give a definition of what lament is, you know, it's it, it's it, it's demonstrated in the life of Job. You know, and, mm-hmm. and what Job demonstrated is that grief and worship are not incompatible. Right, and so you know, lament is, is hashing it out with God, mm-hmm. you know, 
acknowledging before God that what you're going through is really hard. But mm-hmm. at the end of that, acknowledging that he is still Absolutely. on the throne and that yeah. he is the source of hope, mm-hmm. no matter what your situation is yeah. that you find yourself in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it is in one part grieving, but, you know, it's absolutely in, in continuing to look to him as the foundation mm-hmm. and the structure for the hope yeah. that you have in your life. And we see it all throughout the Psalms. I mean, that's, we see that over and over again. Exactly. You know, David crying out and then, yes. but it always flips. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. A complaint is just complaining and you're yes. not flipping and you're not giving, you know, saying, but God. You exactly. Know? And, exactly. And what I've seen for me, um, the process where I'm using this is, you know, I've just started journaling in the last year. And so, I, you know, if I have something that happens, you know, and, and so it, I may do this once a month, it just depends on when things happen. But if, if I have a, a crisis or something that's really hard, I will take my journal and I will, pour, I will lament. I will like, God, mm-hmm. I don't like this. And I, you know, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense to me and just pour out my heart. And then what I, have to do, I will then stop and go, okay, how is this making me feel right now? Because mm-hmm. for so many years, I've just like, I haven't had time to deal with how I feel about things. I just got to keep going. I, exactly. If I look at how I feel right, or how this is impacting me, I'm going to lose it. So for all these years, I've just had to keep going, but I'm just now at a place where I can stop and go, okay, this is making me feel this way, but then what's the truth? Because so often my feelings right. are not truth. <laughs> How I'm feeling is not truth. Right. You know, right. yeah. And feelings are feelings are important. You know, they're kind of like boundaries in your life that you yeah. know that you know that area over there, you know, is very uncomfortable and you know, and, and probably for good reason. But um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not it's it's not uh, the the ultimate arbiter of of decisions no, and, right. and direction in your life. No. And so then looking at like, what, it, but what is the truth? What is What is the truth? What is it that I know? And then turning it into a prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been my process mm-hmm. of, of, of doing that. Yeah. And, and it's so freeing because I'm, I'm instead of holding all these things in, I'm letting them go. Right. And it's healing. And it, have you yes. seen that in your own life? Yes. And I would, I would um, have to say that, that my lament often takes the form of an ugly cry. Mm. And my husband probably does not really like that form of my lament, but it's funny how often God has, has acted right after my ugly cry. Mm. Um, In fact, right before I joined key ministry, well, right before I got invited to join, let me back up on that. Um, In fact, the day before I was, I was at the end of 2017. That was a really hard year for me personally, after several other really hard years, I didn't think that year was going to be as it was, but anyway, at at the end of that year, I I just felt like I had no idea what my ministry direction or focus was supposed to be. and, And I'm a doer. And so when I can see that, you know, I'm doing something that is productive or feels productive to me, or I can see is beneficial to others, then, then, you know, that, that really helps me keep going. And I, I just had had none of that really in that year um, because of some things that happened in our family. And, you know, it was just, it was necessary. And I got to the end of that year and I was just really ugly crying and before my husband and I was just like, I don't know what I was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and the very next day, Dr. Gersovich emailed me and invited me to come join the key mm-hmm. ministry team in the role I'm in now. Yeah. And, you know, would God have done it anyway, if I wasn't ugly crying? Probably. 
but I, I have seen a connection there mm-hmm. at times between yeah. you know, just, it, it's very, I mean, even though I'm a wordy person, it's very hard for me to get out like these negative feelings. It's mm-hmm. just my nature. I just hold it in yep. and, you know, people, people who end up uh, <laughs> with anorexia are, you know, typically very good at, at holding in their depression. So um, anyway, it's, you know, it's not, it's not a, a skill that <laughs> I recommend, but, um, but God has just been really faithful when I've been able to let it out and express that grief in a way that's, you know, Lord, I lay it at your feet. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. please just be sovereign here. Yeah. And yeah. he does, he shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a, that release. He knows what we're thinking anyway. So exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. just releasing that to him and letting him have it and take that pain and, and bring healing into those places of pain Yeah, uh, is Absolutely. so important. Well, this is our year of restoration at Rising Above. And we're looking at ways that we can allow God to bring restoration into our lives. So how, ha- how are you, have you seen God bring restoration into your life? Or what are some things that you're doing um, that is allowing that to take place? Well, I actually, um, when thinking about, you know, what we were going to be talking about, I I spent some time thinking about the past few years since I've been in mental health ministry officially. So that's since 2015. And there's a couple of scriptures that come to mind and and they're all going to be familiar, but one of them is Joel 2, 25 through 27, which talks about, you know, that that God promises to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Um, And then, there's a couple of different passages. Isaiah 45.3 talks about the treasures hidden in darkness um, for people to seek out. And in Proverbs 25.2 talks about how it's the glory of God to conceal, but the glory of kings or, or wise people to seek out those mm-hmm. things that God has hidden. And um, I will just say that without getting into too many specifics, because I, I just, I can't at this point in my life, but in that, in 2017, the that year that was just, I, I call it the year of tears because I cried pretty much every single day in the shower. And, you know, I really was at a loss as to where God wanted me to go. But he revealed some things that year that, oh my goodness, there are things that only God can do. And, you know, when I have been able to see those things that you pray for and that you, you know, you you cry over and, and you know that scripture says that he's holding all those tears mm-hmm. in a bottle for you yeah. and meaning that he takes those things seriously yes. that are grieving your heart. Mm-hmm. When when you see him answer in an unexpected way that addresses all of those hurts, mm-hmm. there is nothing like yeah. that yeah. to give your faith. A boost and to, to deepen it and strengthen. I mean, whatever you want to say, you know, to say about that. But, you know, I, ha- I have a specific example too. Um, both my kids actually graduated from college last year, even though they're a few years apart. And, and part of that is because the one, you know, has autism and took some time off from college. Mm-hmm. And when, when I was, um, when I left my banking career to stay home with my kids. I mean, that was truly the biggest worry I had was, were we going to be able to pay for college? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, we got through it without, you know, any debt. And and I don't even know how we did it. You know, I mean, but God is just faithful, right? And then not only that, but um, so my, my child with autism in high school just had a really hard time academically because there was no diagnosis yet. And, um, there was, you know, there was, um, the, the school had a couple of mascots um, while my kids were there. And, 
And anyway, so fast forward to college and, and this child, um, you know, joined a social organization and, and was in the autism support program at the university and just flourished in every single way, you know, socially, academically, I mean, did great in school. And then, you know, at, at graduation, we're there. And, and I learned that, um, you know, the social organization had the very same mascots as the school where this child went and struggled mm -hmm. so mightily. And, you know, I mean, God often does things like that in my life where, you know, there's a part one and then he writes the scales in the yeah. part two. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I was just in awe that weekend with graduation, just seeing so many things that had had like this negative part one. And then there was this beautiful part mm -hmm. two. And mm -hmm. I know that that is not always going to be the case right. for right. every single thing, but you know, he, if you look, he is doing those things, mm -hmm. you know, or he will do those things in your life enough to keep your faith growing and strong in him. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's being aware, being alert, looking out yes. and seeing those things. So yes. important. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the show today. And every all these resources you've talked about can be found on the Key Ministry website. Is that correct? Yes, that's keyministry.org. And almost everything we offer is free. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. your time. Thank you, Becky. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.